Hey, Sam here, and I know your day's crazy, but I've got a quick idea to take your stress from overwhelmed to under control. So let's tackle systems from the classroom to your living room, one simple step at a time. This is the Simple Systems with Sam podcast. I had a completely different episode recorded. In fact, that episode took me about an hour and a half to record, and it's probably because the shoe just didn't feel like it fit very well. Something didn't feel right about that topic, even though I think it's useful information. And instead, tonight, inspiration hit me. So it is 8.20 p.m. Saturday, right before this episode comes out, and I am recording something new for you. And I actually think that fits really well with the inspired topic that I had. But it all starts with my obsession with space. If you have followed me for any length of time, you know that I really love space. I just did a space-themed trunk or treat for my kids' elementary school. I make my students watch all things space with me in class, even though I don't teach space science, which is really a travesty in and of itself. And one of the things that has hit the space world in just the last year has been the James Webb Space Telescope. And while it's been in the works for 30 or so years, the James Webb Space Telescope has really opened so many people's eyes to more things that are out there. And one of my favorite pieces of this is not only crying every time they release a new image, which is literally weekly, I bawled when they released the first images from JWST, and I continue to just sit there and be awe-inspired. I actually have to avoid looking at the NASA web stories on Instagram or Twitter because I'm afraid that I'm going to stumble into a picture that's going to just make me lose it for the next 10 minutes. But if you grew up any time, you know, before 2000, then you are also pretty familiar with Hubble. Hubble was the earlier space telescope that we were getting so many amazing images from in deep space. And I promise I'm going somewhere with this, so just stick with me. But this week, they released an image of the Pillars of Creation. It's part of the Eagle Nebula, and if you look at the old Hubble images, they're awe-inspiring enough. You see these giant clouds of gas and dust in a birthplace for new stars. And then they released the updated version, the one where James Webb doesn't look at visible light, not what the human eye can see, but instead just slightly outside. And it cuts through all of that noise, all of that gas and dust, and it shows us an amazing amount of beauty that we've never been able to see before. And it just kind of struck me that it's all about perspective. And this is probably a topic that if you are anything like me, you've had a rough week, maybe a rough couple weeks, and it's hard to know how you can get out of that funk, out of that phase, or see past the issues that are happening to you right then and there. So today I want to go through some ways that I try to see through the gas and the dust in space and see what beautiful things are beyond or the fact that we are going to get through it. Just like gas and dust, there is stress everywhere in our lives. If I look back at a point in my life, I could recall stories that now just make me feel like 
I'm this huge survivor of things that have happened in my life. Um, I can feel the emotion that I felt as a kid or as a young adult going through some of the things that have happened. And now here I am on the other side, kind of just in awe of myself. And at the moment, it did not feel like it. At the moment, it felt like the world was ending, that there were so many things crashing in around me. And while I've had some, maybe some bigger uh, stressors or events happen in my past, other people might have what I would consider a smaller stress, something that wouldn't even hit my radar as stress because I've, I've been through some stuff. And instead for them, it's earthquaking. There are things that maybe I don't consider a big deal, but it completely changes how they see the world. And all around all of us, we have different layers of this gas and dust. And all we can see is the stuff that is clouding our vision. But there is a new perspective we can take to help us see through it. So let me walk you through just a couple little quick ways that you can reframe what might be happening. And hopefully you can get through the crazy end of October-ness, early November that just plagues all teachers, I feel like. Um, And hopefully it just helps you realize that we can do this and we can do it together. So one of the first tactics that I use is to shift my perspective into something that sees beyond my current stress and my current situation is thinking about what is the absolute worst case scenario if something doesn't get done right now. If something doesn't get graded right now, what is the worst case scenario that can happen? If I don't make that recipe right now, what is the worst case scenario? In the worst case scenario, we can build up some big images in our head, but realistically, there aren't many things that are going to really lead to a worst case scenario that is actually life altering. And so when I think through this, sometimes it just makes me laugh that I was spending so much time worrying about something that honestly was not even going to have an impact on my day, let alone the future. And that leads me into the next thing. Something that I heard once and I, it just stuck with me. I could not even tell you where I heard it, but it's this idea of, is this going to stick with you for 10 minutes, 10 days, or 10 years? And I think it was relating to if somebody is talking about you and there's gossip going on, or if you are really nervous about something that is about to happen, or if you get really angry, are you going to let that anger affect you for 10 minutes, 10 days, or 10 years? Is it worth the time to worry about if it isn't even going to be on your radar 10 years from now? And I think that's something as you get older, you can look back on your high school years and go, okay, it feels important right now, but I promise you it's not going to feel important down the road. Or maybe it is something that is going to impact you for 10 days. But in the grand scheme of things, is 10 days even really that long? Probably not. Now, there are some things like when my mother passed away when I was 21, that has affected me for more than 10 years. And in that case, that thinking doesn't really help me except to know that I have time to try to figure out how I'm coping. I don't have to find that solution in those first 10 minutes or those first 10 days. Heck, it's been over 10 years and I still don't have a solution for the grief that hits at me sometimes. But the next line of thinking I go to is, 
can I go back and change anything about it? And the answer is always no. You can never go back and change what has happened, but instead, how can you make the most of what you have? What can you do now with the resources that you have to help yourself out? So if it is anger, like I got very upset the other day at my husband. I don't know if he still listens to these podcasts, so this will be kind of a good test for me. But if I got really mad at him because he forgot a what I consider critical scheduling thing that we had discussed. And there was no way that we could go back and clear up the confusion that was two weeks ago. And so I let myself stew about it for, I don't know, it was probably the whole night. But then I just realized I have to move forward. And knowing what I know now with the resources I have now, how can I write this issue? Because this is also not something I'm going to let impact me for 10 years or even 10 days. That feels very petty to let this linger that long. And the worst case scenario is we still have a solution for our scheduling issue. So it's it all kind of comes back to it's not worth worrying about. And then there's also the times when you're stuck deciding between two different things and trying to decide which one is actually worth your effort and your time. And sometimes it's something big, like you are invited to two weddings on the same day and they're both really good friends. How do you figure out which one you're going to attend? Sometimes it's as small as my daughter really wants me to snuggle in bed with her every night. And there are times where I have to decide whether or not the snuggles are actually worth it because of other things that I need to get done. And that is where sometimes I have the hard task in my head is figuring out, is it worth five minutes of snuggling if I know that that's just going to kill me for the rest of the night? I'm going to go lay down in bed and I'm literally just going to go to sleep right then and there. I've That means I've lost the other two hours I normally have. And there is really no recovering for me. I'm just not that type of person. And so I do have to decide, is work more valuable than five minutes of snuggling? Which is hard because one of the first things I like to look at is, which one is irreplaceable? And someday she is not going to want me to climb into her cute little twin bed and cuddle up with her every single night. But also, which one can define my day or week? Well, I can snuggle with her any day of the week, except tonight if I didn't get this episode out then I would feel that impact the whole week. I would feel behind. I would feel a little bit lost. And so unfortunately, sometimes while it's irreplaceable time to spend with her right now, there is also a multitude of times where that can happen. And I do have a deadline and a priority right now on the other side. Now, on this flip side of things, I was talking with one of my coworkers who happens to be coaching football, and he has a daughter now in high school. So it's figuring out if football season is worth missing his daughter's events when he only has four years of those events left. He's deciding between those two things, and it frankly comes down to there will always be freshmen playing football but he only has two daughters and they will only have these years left until they move out. Sometimes that makes the decision a lot more cut and dry. If that isn't enough for you, or you feel like your situation goes beyond that, then there's always the tried and true. 
How would you talk to a friend? How would you talk to your students if they came to you with this issue or a similar one? And I think that taking some of these things and putting it into our students' context is really eye-opening because like the argument I got into the other night with my husband, if I heard my students complaining about it or they wanted to come to me and vent, I would sit there and tell them, okay, it felt big right then, but it was so silly. Let's figure out an alternate solution. And it would have been done in 10 seconds. The last thing that will really bring me back into my own thoughts is what memory is this making for me? If there is something that feels like I'm just completely stressed out, like today was my daughter's birthday party and I had forgotten to order snacks. I had forgotten that we needed to figure out pizza. I wasn't even sure if everybody got an invitation and I was stressing out over it. But honestly, is that the memory that I want to have? Because our brains will cling to the negative thoughts because it's trying to prevent us from repeating those situations. So you will make a much more core memory about the stress in something than the happy moments. For example, when we went to Disney, we had torrential downpours. Even the people in Florida were so surprised at the amount of rain in the short amount of time that it just kept coming. We were waiting under a ride pavilion for about 30 minutes, hoping something would clear up. And it just was not. So we ran through the flooded streets of Disney to try to catch a ferry, uh, which I think is hilarious, back. We were going through water to get to more water. And it was, I don't know, it was funny. But at the time, it was extremely stressful for my kids and for my husband. So do I want them to live with that stress as the memory, or do I want to try to make it into something else so that they have the memory of Disney and the fun things and not just that it was a lot of rain? And honestly, they still remember the rain, but now we try to make it fun. And every time they bring up the rain, I try to bring up another memory from the trip to help replace it. Yes, there was a lot of rain, but don't you remember the fireworks? And I like to think it's working, but who knows? These are some of the ways that I try to look through all of the dust and gas and see all of the other things that are really going on behind the scenes. Sometimes it just takes your kids telling you that their favorite part of the day was something that you didn't even notice for you to feel like you're a good parent. And sometimes it's taking a look at a picture full of stars, which all probably have at least one planet, and knowing that it's just a small part of our visible area of space. And you realize that some of these big problems are actually pretty dang small. So the next time you get a chance, definitely just Google James Webb Space Telescope images. Sometimes I even just like to look at Hubble versus JWST and see what the difference is. And it puts it all back into perspective. And I hope that's what we can do for you today. Until next time. Thanks for hanging out today. I hope that this simple step will help build big results in your classroom, home, and life. Remember to subscribe, review, and tag me on social media at Engineer Does Education so we can build a simple system together.